a Kermity Crunchy podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch A Muppet Family Christmas two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And I'm your Christmassy not host, Joe Hennis. <laughs> All right. And today we are talking about minutes 29 and 30 of A Muppet Family Christmas. In these minutes, Big Bird sings a duet with the Swedish chef. And Beauregard plans his work agenda for tomorrow. <laughs> I wish that, that we just get like 90 seconds straight of Beauregard be like, all right, here's what I got to do, you guys. Just making just, a to-do list. Yeah, like everyone stop singing wouldn't for that, a second. I need to think. That's what I want to hear. Wouldn't that be a delight? Got to head over to Home Depot, buy a new snowblower. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get to Beauregard. But before that, uh, as we as we teased yesterday, Big Bird and the Swedish Chef are singing the Christmas song, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Now, this song was written in 1945 by Robert Wells. I don't know who that is. And Mel Torme. Yeah, you know, from Night Court. Of Night Court. <laughs> oh, Blue Eyes. We know who that is. Old, yes, Mel Torme of Old <laughs> Blue Eyes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He has He had a nickname, right? Mel... The Velvet Fog. That was yeah, it. Mel Torme's nickname. I knew he had the one Velvet of Fog. Old that blue- means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it means nothing. <laughs> Frank Sinatra wasn't even that old when they started calling him Old Blue Eyes. So there you go. Uh, but the most famous recording of this song, of course, is by Nat King Cole from 1947. Like, it's associated with him in the same way that White Christmas is associated with Bing Crosby or Blue Christmas with Elvis hmm. or, or Father Christmas with the Kinks. All the Christmases. I, I would have said that the Mel Torme recording was the most famous, but now that you say that, I feel like these days you do hear the Nat King Cole recording more often. Yeah, that's the one That's the one I've always thought of. Yeah, right? yeah, I think yeah. you're right. But anyway, so this is the song that starts out Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, and Big Bird and the Swedish Chef sing it for about the first 50 seconds of the clip. So I don't think we have to like go through the lyrics or anything, but just g- g- general thoughts about Big Bird and the Swedish Chef singing a duet. What do you got? Well, I would just like to say that... So Big Bird sings the line, Jack Frost nipping at your nose. And first of all, when I was in third grade, we did the song for our Christmas program. And my friend Daniel and I thought that it was hilarious to sing Jack Frost biting off your head. (laughs) Just wanted to get that in there. You know, it would have been funny enough if you had said biting off your nose. Instead of nipping at your nose? Yeah, no, we went we went one yeah. one uh, step further. Jack Interesting Frost choice. Off your head. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and then also, um, t- totally not related to this special, except in a very tangential way, but there's a movie called Jack Frost. There's two of them in which, called Jack uh, Frost. I believe, well, that's true. One of them is a horror movie, but yes. there's one in which Michael Keaton, I believe, plays like an absent father who dies and gets reincarnated as a living snowman who then spends more time with his son. And that living snowman is an animatronic uh, built by the Jim Henson Creature Shop. And it looks really weird. I've never actually seen the movie, but it's a very strange looking puppet. Yes, agreed. Um, but what about what about when Big Bird and the Swedish Chef sing it? Any thoughts about that? I I want to I want to just thank Jerry Jewell publicly for creating an environment in which Big Bird, beloved children's TV character, and Swedish Chef, one of the most ridiculous TV characters to have ever existed, <laughs> can sing an entire duet and have it be natural and like a good Christmas moment and still funny. Uh, like it, it's just, it's a, it's a perfect moment. That's what's so remarkable about it. I think is that like 
it's genuinely heartwarming and genuinely hilarious yes. at the same time for two different reasons. Like, right. it's like, it's really, the sentiment is so adorable and heartfelt. The two characters really seem like they are bonding, but also the idea of the Swedish chef singing heartfelt song lyrics is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Big Bird is, is a character who is generally always just very sincere and the Swedish chef is a character who really only exists to do silly things. I can't think of any other time when the Swedish chef has been perceived in any kind of sympathetic way or any kind of serious way. Yeah, I was going to say sympathetic, yes, serious, no. Because, like, we've seen, like, you know, in the in the 2011 Muppets movie when, you know, they think they've lost the theater. Like, he has, like, a... Like a like crying moment with the chickens for like, you know, half a second, oh, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But that's not, but that's funny. That's a joke. Well, but he's also one of the portraits during the, during the sad Kermit song in that movie. Mm. You know, that's true. Yeah. And they show like the Swedish chef being like, Wundish, Wundish Jiggy or whatever. And you're supposed to be like, oh yeah, I remember when Muppets were funny, you know, like you're, I mean, like, like that's like the intended reaction of that moment. The song is about Kermit being serious and sincere and sad, but the the, the appearance of a Swedish chef, I, I would say, in that is mostly to get a laugh from the audience. Well, right, but it's bittersweet because they're all dead, right? Like that's, that's kind of <laughs> right. That's you're thinking about haunted mansion, Anthony Kermit remembering all his dead friends. Man, wait, is does, is that how he has a portrait of Miss Piggy on the? wall that looks it's just like the the, like rebecca well he has it covered with like a shroud right that he pulls out yeah yeah covering up peter savieri's beautiful work tragic yeah yeah great painting um i i also want to say about the song that we were talking about a second ago and uh, um uh, ryan and i used to show this at our muppet vault our live muppet vault um shows uh every christmas we would show Actually, I don't know if we did every Christmas, but most Christmas specials, we we would do Muppet Family Christmas in its entirety. Uh, and um, every time we would show this scene, uh, the Swedish chef singing his first line always got a huge laugh. Like it, it's sure. like people yeah. forgot for a second that he doesn't speak English. So when he kind of comes in with like, you know, whatever he says. Or you might just think that Big Bird's going to sing the song while the chef just kind of, you know, sits there and watches him. Uh, yeah, it's always hysterical. Like in the same way that people yeah. always laugh at Miss Piggy being, you know, a, a beautiful woman kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, right. Like, it's funny because she's a lady pig. You know, like we forget what the joke is because right. we're so used to these guys. Yeah, and it's another one of those things where we, as fans who think about the Swedish Chef every single day of our lives, it is we do take for granted that, like, oh yeah, this this is a comedy character, right? Like, and like, yeah. it's funny that he speaks gibberish, that he speaks mock Swedish. Like, yes, I'm, I'm just so used to it. Um, and then at the near the end of the song, um, where they're going back and forth, like "Merry Christmas," and the Swedish Chef sings, I didn't write down the the. <laughs> The way he sings it, but like he goes like, "Where are you?" It sounds like he's singing something about Yule, and it hmm. makes me think that like I wonder if Jim actually looked up to like how to say "Merry Christmas" in Swedish, um, which I guess is something uh, that I could have googled, uh, which I'm going to look up right now. Um, I mean, I know how to say "Merry Christmas" in Norwegian, which is "God to He's not the Norwegian chef, right? But. Probably similar. I think they're similar languages. All right, so it would be, it's not really the same. It's like, God, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but God Yule or God Yule? That's literally what I just said. I'm sorry, I was typing while you were talking, so I was not listening <laughs> okay. to you. So yeah, it's like God Yule. Yeah, so I don't know if that's really what he's saying, but 
I, I I feel like did Jim kind of look up to see like well, let's make this kind of sound a little bit close to Swedish as opposed to just going you know bork bork <laughs> for bork. once yeah yeah maybe just a, yeah. just a, I like just that a idea. thought yeah it's interesting the song ends Big Bird says exactly what are you going to fix for Christmas dinner. And that is when the Swedish chef reveals what he is going to fix. Which I love that Big Bird says fix, by the way. Like, what a perfect Big Bird word. <laughs> yeah, well, he also says cranberry instead of cranberry. And because of that, right. I pronounce it cranberry because I, I find it amusing. <laughs> it's funny because there's... So we should say, uh, what he's going to make is... Swedish chef says, scraper wheat and cranen butchers. <laughs> and what Big Bird then says is... Shredded wheat and cranberry sauce, my absolute favorite. There's no T. He doesn't say favorite. favorite. There's no T at the end. My really? absolute favorite. Oh, it's it's a if glottal it stop. Yeah, he he went cockney for a second. Right, and I think about that all the time, and I love it so much. <laughs> it's like he's he's so excited about uh, yeah. getting shredded wheat and cranberry so, sauce. <laughs> so I, I have so many questions about the shredded wheat and cranberry sauce. <laughs> Where to start? First of all, which he just has like sitting in a pan, all right? Right. So, like, well, I have to assume he wasn't going to just serve Big Bird. He needed a side. Yeah, it was going to be. It a was side. a side. Yes, yeah. I think that right. was the. But it also seems like when Big Bird says, "Like, so what are you making?" He kind of like looks around for a second, like, "Uh, uh, like, like he doesn't know." Yeah, like, like what are we going to make? He's vamping, like, oh, um, I gotta find yeah, something uh, here. Like chair, uh, lamp, you know. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it's convenient that he had, we're serving. I love lamb. <laughs> he had the bowl right there. Um, the other thing is, is like a part of me thinks like, how did big bird know what he was saying? Was it, was he saying something else? Like he, he held it up. No, no, He's I know. Showing but him. like in mock Swedish, did that mean, uh, well, we're going to eat you kid. And he's like, Oh, trying to read cranberry sauce. My favorite. And he's like, ah, fine. We'll do that instead. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but I mean, scraper wheat. Like, come on. Like, he's saying shredded wheat. It's not, that, it's not even that far off. Cranon butchers? What else could that be, Joe? What else could Cranon butchers be? It could be, be giant canary. Fair you don't enough. know. Could you don't be, speak mock Swedish. Be. You don't know. I don't. That's true. I'm not Gene Stapleton. I don't even speak um, real Swedish. I don't even speak real Norwegian. I don't even speak Gene Stapleton. My grandma does. I could ask my <laughs> grandma. Um, yes, please do. All right. So, anyways, ne- any any other thoughts about Big Bird in the show? No, please. Before we move on. <laughs> All right. So then we cut to Beauregard at the window, where he says, as I teased at the start, "There's going to be lots of snow for me to shovel tomorrow." Here's my question: Is Beauregard just being a nice guy, helping Ma Bear out, or does he just think no. he's at work? I think he knows his place. <laughs> I think he knows no, his role buddy. within this group. <laughs> no. So here's my thing about Beauregard. Here is. They all showed up at Ma Bear's house, right? Unexpectedly, threw her for a loop. And I think he's just being the sweetheart. I think he's just helping out. Like, here's the thing. We got, like, talking about Doc. Doc's going out there to get firewood. Bo is going out to shovel the driveway. Like, you guys you guys want to talk about positive masculinity for a minute? <laughs> all right? We got, we got Beauregard. We got Doc. They're just helping out however they can. They're fine role models for the young boys at home. Right? Helping a widow out at Christmas? See, now here's the thing. Boys, I would, be more like Beauregard. I would agree with that if Kermit's response was, yeah, man, <clears throat> thanks for helping out, Bo. But instead, he's just like, yep. <laughs> that, that's yeah, or, the job. Or if Kermit had been like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'll, if there's any extra shovels, I'll help you out with that. Right. 
Like it's it's there's no question like no this is Beauregard's job. I'm 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 of I'm of two minds. I do think that Beauregard's like I'm here to work because uh, you know the Swedish chef is there and he's cooking the meal for everybody. The band has set up the instruments. They're entertaining everybody. Like most of the not everyone, but like most of the Muppets are like we're here because this is our place. Like this is how we got the invitation <laughs> to the farmhouse was because we are also working. Janice made cookies. Janice made cookies. The the other part of me is that like thinking that Beauregard like it's not necessarily like it was expected that he was going to do it but he doesn't really know how to connect with people and he's just like well I mean I'm here nobody's really talking to me I guess my job is like I could go shovel the walk is that what you guys want nobody's saying no so I'm gonna go shovel the walk goodbye you know right yeah it's like like when somebody volunteers to go take care of the kids because maybe they're a little bit like awkward around the adults. You know what it is? Is it's it, after Thanksgiving dinner when my dad is like, "All right, I'm gonna go wash all the dishes for 25 minutes because he doesn't yeah, want exactly. to be around everybody. Like it's been too much social time for for him, and he's like, I just need time sure. to like focus on this one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Beauregard is an introvert. Yeah, it seems like it. I should also say that when I was a kid, this was like this moment, which is kind of all Beauregard does in this special. Yeah was kind of the only reason I knew who Beauregard was mm. as a child. Because, like I said, Great Muppet Keeper was the one of the of the movies that we didn't have until I was in high school. I never really saw it, you know? Um, my Muppet Show viewing was fairly limited. He's not in any of the, like, stuff that was coming out in the 90s, really. So this is like, I didn't even know that guy's name. He's just like, oh, there, there's a guy who shovels snow. Okay. <laughs> you know? He's the, the snow shoveling Muppet. Yeah. That's his thing. Hey man, can you stop shoveling snow for a minute? We're putting on a show, and he's like, "Sorry guys, nope. it snowed, That's... and I'm here to nope. shovel it." Gotta shovel the snow. Um, but Kermit does say then that it's getting worse and worse out there, and Both says, "Aren't you glad you're all warm and toasty in here?" Um, and Kermit says, "I just wish Miss Piggy were." Bo nods sympathetically, he's like, which I like, as if he like knows who Kermit is like... talking about. Well, but I mean, I think he maybe realizes that he just committed a faux pas, like. Oh, aren't you glad you're warm and toasty? Oh, oh, no, I forgot. Piggy's still out there. I, like he's... I see. I like to think that he doesn't remember Piggy. It's, it's like like if Kermit had said, <laughs> yeah, if only, if only Dave was here. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, da- Dave, sure. Yeah. Mm, didn't think about that Dave guy. You have, I never knew you had such a low opinion of Boring. He's just so. A sweetheart and a nice he's fella. So, he like, is a very why? sweetheart and nice, but like he's also very dumb. And that's where I'm coming from. Is yes, that's sort of his whole thing. Very dumb. Yeah, that's true. That's true, but like I don't know, man. He's such a he's he likes, he's so he's so helpful. Yeah, he's, he's a nice, a nice guy. Guy, you know, he helps Emmett get the band together to win the contest. <laughs> it's great. Half of yeah. fifty cents. Half of fifty cents. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we go to that line, Ryan? Also, um, there's going to be listeners who think that I am actually confusing Wendell Porcupine and Beauregard. I'm not. They're just the same character. They are. See now, I think yeah, if Wendell Porcupine was there at the town at the farmhouse, then Beauregard would be like, "Oh, hey, there's someone I can talk to," and he would not be volunteering to, right. to go shovel oh, probably probably three feet of snow. You know what I mean? They're already yeah, right. like this is already packed with different characters, but it would have been a lot of fun to see Emmett Otter's jug band and and his ma in the special. Well, we're get, we're gonna hear Robin and Gobo exchange dialogue. Yeah. later. how great would it have been if Emmett Otter was there too? 
And Farley, Absolute. you guys. And Farley. Farley. <laughs> right. Why isn't he talking to them? And they could have they could have had the Emanator characters outside with the other farm animals when Fozzie's building the snowman. That was the that was the end. Yeah. That was Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Then, then it's canon that Ma Bear lives in Frogtown Hollow. Mm. That would have ruled. Could wow. be, could be. Man. All right, but so in but what really happens next <laughs> is that we see Piggy we see Piggy outside behind the trunk of her car. Yelling, or I guess it's the yeah, cat. Yeah, it's gotta be right? the cat. Well, I was trying to see. It. Does it, it like it? Kind of looks like it's a yellow car. So I guess yeah, she I mean, somehow managed to catch the one cab that was out in this blizzard. Right. It's Ernie's cab, right? The other Ernie. The other Ernie. <laughs> yes, Frank Phelan in It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, she says, "When I yell three, get it one, two, three. And then the driver, who I guess maybe Jerome, maybe you know Judd Hirsch or whatever. <laughs> tries to accelerate and just gets mud all over Piggy's face. That's that whole scene. Yeah. Yeah. Talk talking about how quickly things happen in this special. Well, first of all, that's I, like 15 She seconds. says gun it, not get it. She says yeah, I think she says gun it. Oh, gun yeah. it. That makes sense. Sure. And yeah. also like did they ruin that puppet from all the mud fl- like throwing in her they face? They must have just completely I I can't see how you can come back from so that with How like yeah. I don't know how much a, a muppet costs to make. I'm going to assume Five to ten thousand dollars. Like that seems reasonable for like a professional Henson built core character puppet. So was that a And I feel like we've heard that Piggy is a little bit more sure. involved to make a piggy head. That makes sense to me. So was yeah. that a ten thousand dollar joke? Maybe. Or maybe it was like a like one that was already kind of old and starting yeah, to deteriorate. So they thought let's just use it sure. for this one shot. Yeah. I just I just and think like of all the things like if you if you'd said to me like, hey, we have this puppet, and we can we're gonna get rid of it soon. So let's do whatever we want to it. Like, is that the joke that I would be like, ah, oh, perfect. Like, let's just throw mud in her face. I mean, maybe. I'm not saying no. Yeah. I'm just saying like, like you could she do. She does anything. a really funny take to the camera. That is true. But Anthony, to your point, like this whole scene is like five seconds long. So it, it's really like you get in, you tell the joke, you get out. Get in, ruin a puppet, get out. You know, the Henson Company kept so many old puppets from so many different productions and they've donated them to the center for puppetry arts and the museum of the moving image and all these places i would love it if like if it turned out that all these years they've kept this mud splattered piggy <laughs> head in a box and that went on display somewhere that would be great. what a way to go you get splattered with Just mud piggy covered with shoved mud. in a box yeah. for for 30 years 35 year old mud <laughs> 35 yeah. years yeah but so then we go back to the farmhouse again, where Kermit's worried and Doc notices that he's worried and offers to go out and look for Miss Piggy. He notices again. He again, just noticed Doc... a minute ago. Kermit, by, like, so he's been worried and looking out the window this whole time. Kermit has now moved on to a different window that he's staring out of. So right. I can only assume that he's just been making his way around the farmhouse, staring out of all the windows. Buddy, which does talk, like, we've talked about how, like, this is a Kermit who cares an awful lot about Miss Piggy. Yeah. Compared to some versions of Kermit. There are versions of Kermit where, like, he wouldn't even notice that Piggy wasn't there. He would just hang out with John Denver, you know? Yeah, just be like, all right, let's just just keep partying. Like, he doesn't care in that one. Piggy's not there, and he's just like, whatever. So anyways, Doc offers to go look for her. Again, always being helpful. And Kermit says, really? But you've never even met Miss Piggy. And that's the end. That's, That's where it ends. Yeah, that's that's when Doc says, "Never mind, I won't go." <laughs> <laughs> that's what's gonna happen tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting that Doc says, "You're really worried about your friend," and Carmen's just like, mm, "Yeah, like not." Oh, yeah, she's my girlfriend actually, or you know, she's my wife. We got married in a movie a few years ago. <laughs> it's just like 
yeah she's my friend you know so they, he just leaves it that's at a that. good point because like if it was if it was like fozzy out there then i think kermit would be just as worried He'd be like gee i just hope that fozzy gets here okay right yeah my best friend fozzy yeah. So like that that actually fits Kermit's personality very well of like keeping that weird balance between what are his feelings for Miss Piggy? Like is it as a coworker, maybe friend, or is it as like he's genuinely in love with her? Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out later in this movie, I guess. Do they get married at the end of this one too? They get married at the end. <laughs> what if they just the kept getting married? Yeah, every Muppet special should production. end with them getting married over and over and over again. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, so anyways, that's the end. That's all. Come back tomorrow. We're doing another one. We'll see you then. All right, bye. Got it. Shredded wheat and cran and butchers. My absolute favorite. <laughs>